Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski, and today we got a guest who's our first sponsor and a killer, the master of the video. And man, if you get the chance to see the videogram when you go on LinkedIn when we promote it, you got to watch it. This guy has an insane setup. Nick, why should people listen? Look, I came into this interview thinking, all right, I know how to use video, not just for prospecting, but I even know how to use it in my deal cycle. Like, what more is this guy going to teach me? And I was blown away from this episode. I literally took two and a half pages of notes of things that I'm going to start implementing today in my selling process. Give it a listen. Go on LinkedIn. Watch the videogram. Let's hit it. Three, two, one, video. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. This actionable tactic on selling to power is sponsored by SalesLoft. Don't start from zero when a champion introduces you to power. Explain the three to four priorities you learn from the champion, but then ask them to validate what's really important to them or what we missed. And we partnered with SalesLoft to give you a whole bunch of talk tracks on selling to power. The link is in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. All right, Tyler, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. Let's get your three. Oh boy, time for some action. All right, number one, gents, and this is focused on the use of video, of course, which is to use video as part of your outbound prospecting efforts to help you stand out and to clearly, without a doubt, show prospects how it is that you can help. Now, video is a great way to Cut through that noise and stand out with a really creative thumbnail, like making a video in your email where you're holding up their name on a whiteboard, you're on their LinkedIn profile, which they can't not help but click play on, or maybe you're even unwrapping one of their products or showing something that they do right in front of the camera. So make it personal, make it interesting, and that's going to help you stand out. Very nice. What's number two, Tyler? Number two is to use video during your sales process 
to very clearly, very clearly show and tell how it is that you can help your customers. Now, I'm hearing time and again from different sellers that they're recording custom demo videos, right? They're not just using what comes off the shelf. They're saying, hey, Mr. Customer, I know that you're trying to solve this problem, and I'm going to share with you a five-minute recorded demo where I'm going to show you exactly how I can solve that problem for you, clear as day without any doubt. There's lots of other examples of how you can show and tell during that sales process with recorded videos that you can do yourself and happy to peel back into some of those throughout this conversation. Cool. Round us out, Tyler. What's number three? Number three is bringing us right through to the end of the deal cycle. And it is to start using videos as a way to deliver your sales proposals and pricing sheets. For example, if today you're sending over your proposals as a document, it could be a DocuSign, it could be a slide deck, it could be a PDF. Um, A lot can get lost in translation when that gets over to the other side, especially when they start to share it with other stakeholders who may not have been a core part of the buying process. So a better way to do it is to record a video walkthrough where you're actually presenting the information in your proposal in your words, reiterating the problems you're solving for them, why it is that they need the solution you offer, and clearly explaining what different line items might mean so that you've got your best shot at winning that deal. And so all those decision makers can hear it straight from your voice and not have to interpret it from a static document. Boom, beginning, middle and end. Let's start at the beginning. All right, so you see that thumbnail. Everyone's seen the LinkedIn profile, everyone's seen the whiteboard before, but I'm sure you've seen millions of thumbnails being the Vidyard guy. And so what are some of the best uses of thumbnails that you've seen working at Vidyard? The first is doing a webcam style video where you're the star of the show, but you are using something visual in the thumbnail image of the video to catch their attention and make it clear to them, right? At that first glance at that thumbnail image that you did make this just for them. And that gives you that mixed power of your face is front and center on the screen. So they immediately create a real personal affinity to you as a seller, but they also know that this is something you put the effort into making just for them. Now I've traditionally seen the common practice of using like a small whiteboard and writing their name or a custom message to them, holding it up in your video and that being a way to make it personalized. And that's an easy way to do it and something that you can scale really effectively. But I've also seen people do other really creative things where, for example, if, I mean, this may be an obvious example, but hey, let's say you're selling to a shoe company, right? What better way to get their attention than to hold up a shoe in the video? So there's others in that realm, but that's that idea of like, you're on camera with something they're going to visually recognize as a way for them to drive them in to click play into your content. The second sort of category in there is the idea of doing a screen share with, again, something that they're going to recognize. And you mentioned the classic LinkedIn profile video. And that's exactly that idea. We're saying, I'm going to have my camera on in the corner of the screen, but I'm going to have a screen share recording. And I'm going to bring something up on my screen that you are going to recognize when you see that thumbnail image. Again, you get that immediate response as somebody who's being prospected saying, wait a minute, I recognize that. I definitively know in a microsecond that you made this for me. My expectation of value is higher. So bringing up their LinkedIn profile on the screen is one clever trick, but you can also bring up their website. You can bring up an article that they maybe commented on or shared that again, they're gonna recognize. Maybe it's an inbound lead you got because they downloaded an an ebook, bring up that ebook on the screen, right? And then do a recording where you talk about, hey, my favorite part of this was this part here. I'm interested to hear your feedback. 
right? So there's really creative ways that you can use those different visual styles to put something on the screen they're going to relate to as a way to drive them in to click through. Tyler, I feel like half the battle here is you're putting together something that's completely about them so that they actually open the video because half the battle with these video prospecting messages is get the thing opened. And so is there anything else creative that you've seen besides the thumbnail and the content related to how that video is actually delivered or named that you're seeing folks do? Yeah, absolutely. So the when you send a video as part of prospecting, right? Not, not everybody may be doing this today. So just to be clear, the typical process and how it works with a tool like Vidyard, and, and yes, there are others, is that you record your video using your webcam or a screen share, and then you send it typically via email. You can send it via social as well or, or any other channel because basically at the end of the day, you're sending a link as well as the thumbnail image of that video. For example, if I were prospecting you, Nick, at 30 MPC, I might make you a video, first of all, where hopefully I'm wearing one of your amazing 30 MPC shirts, because that would certainly get your attention. But my subject line might be video for you, Nick, 30 MPC's response rates, question mark. Now, that subject line of video for you, right, is very likely to catch your attention because it's just, it's an attention hack, right? It's, it's, it's not common. It's, you know, it's a bit of a pattern disrupt. We don't typically today get videos in a business context. So even that saying a video for you, there's immediate interest or curiosity that gets peaked there. So you master that subject line. There's lots of other things you can do there, but common best practices, weave in that word video, something like video for you works really well. The second then is, okay, you got the subject line. They're going to open it. Now you've got that intro copy before the video itself. Now your intro copy like any great email, is your opportunity to pique their interest by creating some kind of relatability and context, particularly one line maybe related to the problem you think they may have. So, hey, Nick, Tyler at Vidyard here, as somebody who's selling each and every day, you know how important your response rates are. Okay, great. I've sort of laid that foundation of what I want to talk to you about. And now what I might say is, so I made you this 54-second video to show you how I might be able to help you increase your response rates through the creative use of something you might not really believe. Check it out, seeing is believing, right? So what I've done there in my intro copy is I've you know, established the problem. I've alluded to why I made you a video. I want to show you something. I've addressed the potential concern of like, how long is this thing? I don't want to watch some you know, movie. I said, you know, a 54 second video. And I was very personalized in it. And I want to show you how I can help your, your organization. So there's a greater expectation of value. And then you add to that, that thumbnail image, which is me in your 30 MPC shirt with a little you know, message on the whiteboard. And again, I have to ask you, how could you not open that and click play on it, Nick? I mean, I think you'd have to. Am I right? <laughs> this is so funny. The other day, I was prospecting to somebody. And I love how you talk about having the parentheses video for you or video inside. Uh, one of the emails that I sent to a prospect after we had met with them is I sent a video that just said Corgi inside as the subject line. And I was holding up my dog because she was like chasing around her dog for half of the meeting. I was like, hey, here's the dog in the meeting. And like, it totally gets them to open the email. And so I love the idea of nesting a gift inside of the subject line and then also like wrapping some context around. Now let's talk about when you actually start that video. So you start that video in those 57 seconds, what are you doing? How are you eating up the time? Yeah, the uh, the common thing that I hear is 
to structure your message, it'd be similar in concept to how you might structure a typical email message or, or a voicemail. You're going to start with five to 10 seconds of an introduction, right? Hey, this is Tyler from Vidyard. Then you want your 30 to 40 seconds of, that's a bit of the meat, right? It's like why I'm reaching out and the problem that I'm hoping to solve. I think the important thing here, like with any messaging is focusing more on the problem they have than the solution you're offering. You can try both ways, of course, and it depends on who you're selling to and what you're providing. But I'm a big believer that people take notice based on on solving pain as opposed to achieving gain. And I think trying to tap into that a problem they may have that you think you can help solve is is uh, is really important. And then it's you know you've got your 10 seconds for your close and your call to action. And I don't think it's anything more complicated than that. Your introduction, your problem statement, what it is I think I can help you with, and an important call to action at the end. And, and usually, yeah, you're trying to get that in that. 45 to 60 second range for a prospecting video, because again, you're interrupting their time. You're not going to get any more attention than that, unless you've got something that's really, really uh, relevant to them at that time. Tyler, the first time that I ever did like a big batch of prospecting videos, they all completely tanked. I feel like I spent four hours putting all this stuff together and I didn't get responses. And I know I screwed a lot of things up and I bet we have people listening here who have given given video a shot before and it hasn't panned out for them. And so I'm curious if you can talk about some of the the common pitfalls related to video prospecting folks need to avoid. Well, I think there's uh, there's some of the things that we touched on, which is if you're adding a video, but still using your same old subject line and copy and, and emails, but just slapping in a video, you may not be getting the open in the first place, let alone getting them through to, to see and click through to the video. So be mindful of that. And you know, how it is you can use that subject line and that intro copy to your advantage, mix it up, be a bit more of a pattern disrupt and be a little bit more interesting to pique that curiosity. Um, The second thing is the way you introduce that video asset. And I've certainly gotten uh, emails from sellers where it's just a video in the body. There's no introduction to it. And that just drives me nuts. One other tip I'll give you is I know a lot of people, they'll like send out a video and then it's like, it's done. It's like, great, I sent it. They're either going to watch it or they're not. But again, if you put that time into it, I would encourage you to integrate that into your next touches in your sales process. So maybe the next day or maybe later that day, your next touch is a phone call. And if I'm leaving a voicemail, my voicemail is going to be, hey, Armand, I uh, sent you a video earlier today that I made for you to show you a couple of things that I think might be really interesting. Rather than talk about it here, if you wouldn't mind checking your inbox, I would love your feedback on that video. And I wouldn't be shy to do that within a short time window after they've watched it. Um, It doesn't need to be like immediate, like five seconds, like they haven't even had time to reply yet, but I would put them into your queue and I would follow up at least that day. All right, Tyler, we've covered a lot of the prospecting stuff related to video. Personally, I think video is like 10x more powerful when you actually use it related to deals you're working in pipeline, meaning they're already engaging with you and it's part of the sales process. And so I've got some ideas about how to use it, but I'm here to hear from you. So can you talk a little bit about, okay, we're working with a customer, we're doing demos, we're doing meetings. Where do I artfully insert video in that part of the process? Actually, I think it's a really interesting concept these days of how do we as sellers wean ourselves off of everything has to be a meeting. So my thinking is you want to start to reduce that dependency and say, okay, right. We're going into like before that first meeting, I'm going to record and share a quick video for you to answer the three most common questions that I get in every, you know, in every initial demo or discovery. 
so that you know we don't have to waste time on that. But I want, I'm not just going to send you an article. I'm going to tell you in a video so you're getting more FaceTime with me in replacement of a potential meeting. So great. I've sent that to you beforehand. You've heard me explain some ideas. And now we get on that first meeting. We go through discovery. That's great. Now, we're probably trying to schedule another meeting a week or two out to go through and do a demo. Well, in that interim, you've got a sense for some of the things they're interested in. Why not start creating little custom micro demos of specific capabilities to keep their attention during that downtime, right? Because, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen is a week goes by and then they cancel that next meeting. And then you're like, you know, we know where this is going now, right? Like by that time, they've just, it's no longer top of mind. So I'd start dripping them and say, I wanted to follow up with this really quick example. You asked about this. I'll show you more next week, but I wanted to show you exactly how this thing works. And it could be a two to three minute quick video. And what's neat is those sorts of things are you'll start to find are little assets that they'll start to forward around to other people that are potential decision makers, right? And often I hear from reps before they even have that like next demo call, there's all of a sudden like four or five people that are asking questions because they've started to see this micro content. They've gone, oh, I shared this with somebody and they were wondering about this. You're like, okay, great. Here, let me show you how that works. Oh, and by the way, I wanted to talk you through a quick story of one of our other customers who also uses that and has seen this great result, right? Here's kind of how that happened. And you get into this habit of saying, great, I can actually sell more asynchronously now. I can record and share content with them. They can share it around and watch it on their own time. And I'm actually moving my deal forward independent of those live meetings. And when the next live meeting happens, all of a sudden it's no longer a demo. It's actually a pricing discussion because everything happened and we kept things moving. And that to me is a really important mentality, I think, for today's sellers. Don't be scared to lose control of the deal by reducing your dependency on live meetings. You still want them, absolutely. But don't be shy to share content, to record and share micro content in those moments between those meetings to keep things moving forward. Tyler, my fear with this when I hear it at first as an AE is like, when I have a meeting with a customer, it's two-way communication, right? They're giving me feedback real-time live while I'm sharing something. At the same time, I understand the appeal of there's more shareability of the video, and I can carry a larger volume of pipeline because it's a little bit quicker. I can churn out video here, here, and here. And so is there a line where you say, okay, this type of thing should be video that I record and send, and this sort of thing probably want to set a meeting? I think there's like those obvious things of the discoveries, the demos. If you can do a walkthrough of your pricing and proposal, that's great as well to do in a live sense. But even in those cases, again, depending on what you sell and how big the expense is, in even in those cases where you do do live demos, you do live pricing walkthroughs, if you believe that there may be other decision makers in that organization who aren't in those live meetings, don't expect them to watch the recording of the one hour Zoom call afterwards. They are not, right? We all record our Zoom meetings. We send it over afterwards and say, here's the recording. So you, nobody watches it, right? But what if following that demo, that one hour demo with a lot of interactive conversation, what if you blocked off 30 minutes in your calendar, if it was an important enough opportunity, and you blocked off that time to then record a customized demo walkthrough of the highlights of the main things that really seemed to resonate during that, that demo. And you recorded a 10 minute, right? Let's say five to 10 minutes. Hey guys, 
really amazing demo we just had. I wanted to highlight some of the things that we walked through to make sure that if you want to see them again, you can, but also for anybody else who wasn't able to make it, that they can see exactly what we're offering in a really quick uh, timeline. And just record something quick for them and say, this is what I'm going to follow up with and ask them to forward it around to other folks. And it's the same thing with the pricing walkthrough, right? Like you said, I can walk through my pricing, but afterwards, what if I sent them a shorter version of that recorded and asked them to forward it around to people? Those are the kinds of things that you know really get me fired up because they start to change the mentality of how we sell and they enable us to be present with more and more people in these organizations when we can't be there in person. Tyler, I'm like kicking myself because I'm like, I have to go and do this thing. I sell an ERP system and we literally do like six to eight hour demos regularly. And what I do during those demos is like, I write down the topics that they really like. When we show a specific feature, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna make sure I talk about that one later. But you're so right. I should be putting together like a highlight reel with my solutions consultant immediately after the call, hitting on the six things that made their jaw drop. And then they are gonna keep going back to that. It's the same thing. All right, I'm, I'm building this into my workflow. Nick, we talked about using video internally within my organization not just for sales calls, but prepping sales engineers or uh, even walking people through prospecting workflows. So I'm curious, Tyler, have you seen people really use video creatively for taking non-selling activities off of their plate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, that stuff to me just feels like a no-brainer these days. But, but you're right, I don't think most people are actually doing it effectively. The challenge that I think most sales teams have with that idea of recording and creating videos as knowledge sharing, as internal training and, and those sorts of things is that there's a general sentiment that it's just, it's hard, right? Like they need to call in the marketing team and we need cameras and it's just not a natural thing that we've traditionally done. And most of our even like sales enablement, sales training videos are things that are like these pre-recorded things with like onstage speakers and stuff. But more and more of this is just about like, hey guys, you know, we, um, you know, here's a, here's like a quick one minute walkthrough of how to do this in the system and just doing a screen recording and walking people through it. It's like after having a great customer call where like something really interesting popped, like a value prop that you weren't expecting to resonate did, hit the record button and go, hey everybody, you know, just had this really great call with this client. And one thing that really resonated was this. I think the rest of you could take advantage of that as well. Here's how I positioned it and here's what really resonated, right? Little things that we typically do to kind of knowledge share within our teams, to do little micro trainings. A lot of people don't think about, oh yeah, I could just hit the record button and either record into my webcam or record a screen share showing it and send it around and build a little library of, of these assets. It's just not something that we've traditionally done. But again, with tools like Vidyard and others, it's just, it's become so simple. It's just as easy, if not easier than typing it out in an email or you know creating a slide deck about it. So I think there's just sort of a culture shift that's going to happen and it's starting to happen to say, oh yeah, I write emails for external and internal. I do chat messages, I make slides, but I can also make videos. And I think we just, we all started to need to be able to get to that point. So I think we've hit on all of these different places that you should be using video. And I think it's also important to acknowledge like, hey, for these types of prospects, for your C-tier prospects or for your C-tier folks on an account who aren't going to make decisions, like you should time block and just like send out the emails. Do you have any recommendations where you might say like, hey, if something looks like this, then like video is probably not the best use for that type of thing? What I would suggest that people think about is we talked a lot about hyper-personalized videos here, right? Like every video, it's like you're creating a custom. But there are a lot of videos that you can create that are 
are meant to be used over and over and over again and become a part of your library of assets, just like email templates and such that you can use consistently. And so I know a lot of sellers will do this where they'll record their kind of typical, once they get a feel for like, what is my typical prospecting video look and feel like, right? And once they get into their pattern, then they go, great, I'm going to make one of these for a generic persona. And it's not going to be personalized every time. And instead of saying, hey, Nick, Tyler from Vidyard here, it's going to start with, hey there, it's Tyler from Vidyard here. Now, I know that as a demand gen leader, one of your biggest challenges is likely how to find more leads out there. Da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, right? And you start to create these off-the-shelf videos that are targeting a common persona, that answer a common question, that demonstrate a typical functionality of yours. And those just become a part of your library and are things you can use over and over. And then you get into that process of going, okay, this is a tier one lead, really important account. I'm going to put my all into this. I want to maximize my chances. I'm going to do something custom. And then your next one is, you know what? This is a tier three lead. I don't have a great feeling about it, but if I can crack into it, it's a good opportunity, but I'm going to use one of my off-the-shelf videos and see if, it, if, see if it works, but I'm not going to put the time in to make something custom for them. And those who become really efficient and effective with video, that's part of their secret sauce is they end up mixing and using pre-recorded off-the-shelf content as well as custom recorded content, just like off-the-shelf email templates versus things that they uh, customize much more. Very similar mentality. Well, I'm thinking like Armand, you're already putting those people in a pretty much automated sequence anyway. You just make the stock video part of that automated sequence and there's not even any more work you have to do. The implication here that I'm thinking for me is like, I basically have a 40 question FAQ that I know every single customer at some point is going to ask me one of these like 40 questions. And I'm like, I should be creating videos of like, okay, they ask this, here's me answering that question, like live on the camera. Cause it's a lot easier to digest that too. They can literally almost listen to me, answer the question while they're doing other emails or doing other things. I feel like it just like makes it all easier for the customer. And I don't know, something we talk about a lot on the show is you can't be perceived to be better until you're perceived to be different. And like, what's more different than that? You're the sales guy who's like, here's my video answering your question. Good to see you again. Like, I feel like you start doing things like that. Your, your ghost rate of how much people like just disappear on you plummets because you're a person who they've met now like 40 times in their inbox. A hundred percent. Like that is such a big part of it. All those people are seeing you. They're learning about you. They're, you're earning their trust as a real person. And that stuff just goes such a long way. So I think lessons we can all learn. Tyler, this has been, I don't know. I came into this interview thinking like, okay, I use video a lot. How many other use cases is this guy really going to be able to bring to the table? Like, all right, we're got to do this interview. Man, I, I've literally got like a page and a half of notes here of all sorts of things. And I'm like, I got to start doing this right now because it's going to save me a, a ton of time, which helps me work more deals and make more money. But it also makes the job of the, like, it makes the customer's life easier, which means higher close rate. Like, I'm really, really pumped for this. So I think we got to move to the final question because we pretty much hit it all here. I'm going to change this one up here because I've been using Vidyard for a long time and you know the product probably a lot, lot better than I do. So my last question for you is what's one thing that Vidyard can do that most people who use it aren't aware of and should be using? Oh, great question. The one thing like everybody that uses it knows that, you know, I can, yeah, I can record and send a custom video using my webcam or screen share. But I think there's a couple of things related that they're really underutilized. One is you can create playlists of multiple videos and send them over. 
you know, and this is where like uploading or recording other pieces of content also work. And that's the related part is the ability to upload other videos. So I know like in my Vidyard account, I've uploaded a bunch of our demo videos, our customer stories. And then I might send somebody a video, which is me doing a quick introduction. Hey, it's Tyler here. Da, 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 da. I wanted to show you this, check it out. And then the second video in the playlist is a little demo. And then the third video is a customer story of somebody who uses that capability. And that's actually really easy to do in the tool using the email extension. You just check off boxes of which videos you want in the playlist and you can take advantage of that. And I think that's one thing that's really underutilized by a lot of people. Beautiful. Tyler, this was a lot of fun. Anything you want to plug before we jump off? I mean, this was great. I appreciate you, the conversation and, and you guys getting fired up as much as I am about this stuff. But uh, I think we covered a lot of ground. If anybody out there wants to learn more in this space, I mean, just connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message if you want help, advice on how to get started. You want to send me a video? You want me to give you some feedback or critique it? Tyler Lassard at Vidyard, just hit me up. Happy to help. And my last plug is uh, I do actually just launched my new book called The Visual Sale, which came out uh, about two months ago now which is available on Amazon and everywhere else, which talks about video through sales and marketing. So if you're part of a business and you think you might enjoy that, grab a copy of The Visual Sale. All right, everybody, go grab a copy of The Visual Sale. We'll put a link to that in our show notes and let's stick around for a 60 second recap from Armand coming up soon. Your top four takeaways from the episode with Tyler at Vidyard include number one, when you're putting something in the subject line, don't just make it your standard subject line when you got a video in there. Put video for you in the subject line. And then once they open the email, write out how long the actual video will be. Say it's a 57 second email so they know exactly how long it's gonna take. Number two, once you send that thing out, use voicemails, use LinkedIn DMs, and use emails to give that video more chances to be seen. The worst thing is you spend all of this time recording a video and that's the only message you send. Number three, Use your videos to keep your prospects' attention throughout a deal. Don't let three weeks of silence go by until the next meeting. Send them a trailer of what they're about to see in that next meeting. Send them a quick recap. Send them something you saw on their... Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with RocketReach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Today's sales email tip is brought to you by Lavender. If you want to get more replies to your sales emails, try removing exclamation points and question marks from your email subject lines. They cause open rates to plummet. Instead, make the subject line feel internal. It should be short, one to three words, and it should showcase the topic of the email, but also be about them. We sat down with Lavender and built a sales email framework guide with emails for every step of your sales process. And there is a link in the show notes to get it for free. Page that's going to be relevant to them. And then lastly, number four. If there's ever a chance that another decision maker might need to see some sort of attachment, like a proposal, 
you should record a video because that context will get lost from hand to hand. And then someone might see it five degrees removed from your first prospect and they're going to shut it down. Nick, how can people help us out here? All right, so here's the deal. Me and Armand are some lowly sales reps who are bootstrapping a podcast, and Vigard is here helping us out. They were our first sponsor, well, next to Ryan Reiser, who we also love. But here's the deal. We want Vigard to stick around and continue to support the show. So if you liked what Tyler covered today, go on to LinkedIn, connect with the guy, and send him a video telling him that you discovered Vigard or you loved hearing him on the 30 Minutes to Presidents Club podcast. We want to bombard him with support for his episode. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. And if you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes.